Happy holidays to everyone out there. My name is Kevin Drake, the host of Sports Matters, and your other host sitting right across from me, Mr. Matt Burt. How you doing this morning? Not too bad. I'm in a good, good mood. The fantasy championship uh, is near for me. I got I got into the fantasy football championship nice. last night, and I, I had to beat a guy that had Mahomes, Todd Gurley, and Ezekiel Elliott. Well, you're probably looking ahead. You're oh, thinking like, know. oh, there's no way I'm going to beat that. Uh, yeah, everyone the entire season was like, this guy was going to win, so I'm pretty excited about it. We didn't know Dallas was going to get shut out over the weekend either. No, I don't <laughs> think very many of us saw that coming yeah. either. We can lead off with some UCI sports update here. First of all, the Big West Conference Player of the Week went to Max Hazard. I know we were just talking about this off air. He went 10 of 17 from the three-point line. He shot nearly 60% from threes all game. When you're hot, you're hot. You and know? he finished with a career-high 32 points. So congratulations to you, Mr. Max Hazard, and keep up the good work. Since the game that we went to, where they just lost that game, you know, it happens. Everybody has a bad game. It's just one of those games. They've won three straight. So UCI men's basketball, now they're sitting at 10-2. and They've got a nice little hot streak. They're big road tests. And I know you've been talking about this all along. You know, they got Eastern Michigan coming up on the 18th, or excuse me, Wednesday, December 19th, and then Butler at Butler, and then at Pacific, and all these teams with their records. I mean, Eastern Michigan, they're five and five, but Butler sitting at seven and three, and then Pacific sitting at nine and four. So it's going to be a tough, tough road, but a great test for this team. And they seem to be resilient on the road. I noticed when they're having these like road stretches that they really come together. And, and you know, Matt, we see the camaraderie and just how well they play together. Well, you know, most of these radios have fun facts right right what's your yeah, fun fact my, of the day i don't we can't use the term fun fact because okay. everyone else uses yes the term fun fact so we're gonna say fantastic fact how about this an exciting fact our, of the day our, our fantastic fact of the day <laughs> is that uci is in a tie for the longest road winning streak this season in college basketball now that's pretty impressive yeah so that's our fantastic fact of the day and if we could get you know fantastic sam's involved we could get them for a sponsorship just you know you give me a call you can reach us at sports Matters. well i could use some free haircuts yeah. i tell you <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i mean these anteaters have been playing really good basketball I, I was excited to see um you know how the game went against uh montana that's for sure that was a close game closer than I would have expected, but they, the defense played well in that. As long as they're playing that full defense for the full 40 minutes, you hope they would preserve some energy on offense and just get some good looks and just, like you said, you get into a nice rhythm Yeah, on offense. That's the biggest and then thing when, about when basketball. That's working, yeah, exactly. When it's working together, it's a beautiful thing. And we, we saw it. When you yeah. get, one of them gets hot, like if, for example, this last game, Max, Max Hazard. Hazard. Yeah. yeah. One of them gets hot, just roll with it because they got all these guys could get hot and do exactly what he did. Coach Turner, I mean, he, he's playing at least 10, 11 guys. He, he plays a, a bigger rotation than most people. So, But check this out. What? Max Hazard. Okay, yes. He was hot. 11 of 19, 10 of 17 from three. He played just 21 minutes and scored 32 points. Talk about efficiency. Nearly a point and a half per minute. Yeah, that's, that's, that's very efficient. That's really, really good. Yeah. So really good. That's amazing. Like, And that's why he was the honors of player of the week. But it was, we've seen this before where UCI is a different scoring person each time. And there hasn't been like a dominant scorer. Exactly. They're so balanced. I mean, you got Yasaw Warku, Max Hazard, Evan Leonard can blow up, John Edgar Jr. I mean, there's just so many great scorers. You know, Robert Cartwright, the transfer from Stanford. Good, yeah. I mean, they do. They got a lot of, a lot of offensive power. 
I mean, you, we could go down the board and say that, you know, there's some... Your entire Velp, team. I mean, Velp, he shoots threes. There's a lot of guys that can shoot the ball. And for this UCI team, it's like there's not the traditional your best player scores the most points. It's a it's a wealth of people that are just sharing the ball. It's fun to watch. And you're not going to get the star factor from it, but you're going to get great team basketball. So if you're down to watch some great team basketball, I mean, this UCI team has to be up there to They're watch. They're great team basketball. And you're right, and they do have offensive explosions, and we like to see more of that, and we will. There's one thing about this team. They're a very progressive team, but the fact that they're off to it, they're 10-2. and two. They're yeah. way ahead they were last year, which is a great thing. Well, and I think have, this is the most balanced unit I think you and I have seen in, in years. We kind of knew that going from the beginning, and we ha- we saw that last year, like last year's team was good, and then we added more pieces to last year's team, and now they're even better. So it's going to be fun to see how the Western Conference kind of – or sorry, not the Western Conference. Big West, yeah. Big West. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. They play really well in the Big West, and it's all about starting all over. Okay, yes, we got off to a nice start, but then when Big West play starts, it's just the record's zero and zero. Yeah. And then you just got to take those games, and I mean, take it from them. When you play back-to-back-to-back or back-to-back games in general, the team that usually plays the back-to-back suffers from fatigue and usually doesn't win in the NBA. I don't know if there's well, a this will at least be on the that. this will be on the same playing field because both teams will be in the same predicament, right? When I, they play, because they'll be like, "Hey, we just played two games. Yeah, we just won two games. Now we got to play each other." Boy, and you look for the, the third time. The scoring in the first through third game when they got. To the championship they scored the ball very well in the first game the second game they scored the ball well and then the third game they scored 62 points so we've already kind of established that you don't score as many points when playing back to back to back or back to backs in general it's tough. Well, look at the Florida Gulf Coast tournament. You know, they won the first two, and then the last game was a, it was a low-scoring game, and they just got edged out and lost that one. It's a different game, and you're right. The score was lower on that third game compared to the first game. Real quick, I got to give a shout-out to okay. Mr. Bob Mayer, Bob Mayer Construction. Thank you so much for listening in this morning, and you did a fine job on that Huntington Harbor. Beautiful. It's beautiful Huntington Beaches. Anyway, let's get back to UCI sports because Bob Mayer is a big UC Irvine sports fan because of me. (laughs) Keeping him in tune what's going on. But we got to switch over to the ladies basketball because our ladies basketball team is crushing it. They've only lost once this year and I was just talking to Tom off air that they've won for the first time in Oregon and they crushed Portland and Jordan Sanders was a Big West Conference Player of the Week for the third straight week. She had six consecutive games of 20 plus points but in this last game against Portland she was 13 of 18 Matt that's 72 percent shooting 29 points but listen to stat six steals that's good five rebounds and three blocks I mean she just does everything and she's ranked 19th across the nation in points per game at 21.1 points per game oh we're so blessed to have her oh yeah oh that sounds like it to join Andy Ritter who's our all-time three-point shooter and so many great players on the ladies basketball team that yeah they got to go through this tough you know northwestern road trip here playing Portland State and you talk about Jonathan Galloway our defensive stalwart yeah then you have 
Engelstadt. Yeah. And she just does a phenomenal job on the defensive end, snagging those rebounds, getting those putbacks. You know, she does a lot, you know, under there, especially when she gets offensive rebounds. She gets those quick putback. Well, it sounds like it's a team effort if oh, Sanders it, it is six if, steals. Like, it's a team effort on from that point. Now, they're right in the middle of their Oregon trip here. So now they got to play Portland State on December 18th. And then they play the seventh ranked team in the nation, Oregon, at Oregon. That's going to be a great game because Oregon's sitting at 8-1. and one. Portland State hasn't lost yet, so 8-0. So hopefully they get their first loss at the hands of the UCI, UC Irvine Anteaters. Yeah. Well, they get to play in that <laughs> nice Matthew Knight arena, too. Which yes, it, they do. Uh, if you lay down on that arena and you take a picture, it's as if you're lying down on the floors of the trees. You know what I'm saying? Like yes. you're laying down in the middle of a forest. It is a cool-looking uh, court, isn't it? It is a it really cool-looking court. Maybe we could get like a giant anteater like, you know, <laughs> in the middle of our <laughs> court or something like that. That, that, that's kind yeah, of the how, like like a little bunch of ants and then ant eater just yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> well, we could close this segment out on some NCAA men's basketball as well. You know, we got the top twenty-five rankings are out. Kansas sitting right at number one, and you know, of course, Duke is right there at number two, and then Tennessee, the surprise team. You were shocked that they beat Gonzaga. Yeah, over the weekend. that was pretty shocking. I mean, I didn't foresee Tennessee being this good. That's for sure. I don't think that this is the they're going to be the top 25 that's going to stay for the rest of the season. Well, no, they're, they're a non-conference right now. Once you get into your conference play, everything changes. But how about Nevada? Nevada is good. They got this pair of twins that are unbelievable, the Martin twins, and they have unbelievable skill set. I think it's Caleb and uh, I think it's Caleb and Matt Martin. Are they big guys, like yeah, seven-footers? They're 6'8". They're 6'8 six, six, and 6'9 six, collectively. Ooh, wow. And they're, they're literally twins, and they are really good and really talented. And so this Nevada team is not to be taken lightly. Their coach is a fantastic coach and is well-regarded in the game of basketball. I forget his name, but th- this Nevada team is not to be taken lightly. It's one of my favorite teams this year. And one of those teams that got slept on last year in the tournament that we kind of went through those brackets and both of us didn't pick them. But you know what? This year I think I, I like them enough to see. We didn't know much about them last year, but no. now now that we, we know who they are. Oh, we sure They're do. number six in the nation. A top 10 team, nearly a top five team. Michigan's another team that's uh, really improved off to a really fast start, 11-0. Yeah, both those teams are 11-0, so great for them. And then Auburn, who's not usually known for basketball, sitting at number seven. Where did they come from? Auburn? Yeah. Auburn's been good. Bruce Pearl, leader of the program. He's got a very interesting kind of style of basketball. I think they're ranked a little bit too high, but... They're still in there, and they did well in the uh, Maui Invitational. They beat Arizona by three. Um, I, th- I think that that team is going to come down to how well their guard play does um, going forward. And I, th- I think this Auburn team is a little bit overranked currently, and we'll, we'll see kind of what ends up happening. But it's Caleb and Cody Martin. So the head coach that you're you're thinking of for Nevada is Eric Musselman. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, he's big very, name, big very, name. Very well regarded in the basketball. He's coaching the NBA. He's yeah. coached in college. And, yeah, his father's Bill Musselman. So, yes, Eric Musselman, what a great coach. I think – Yeah, he actually – he was the head coach of the Sacramento Kings and Gold State Warriors uh, yeah. uh, in the NBA. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. why – yeah. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, he is very well. I mean, this Nevada Wolfpack is. Well, you know, Coach Russell Turner was assistant coach for the uh, Golden State Warriors as well. I think he was there when the uh, the Believe team. We believe. Yeah, Uh, he was. He was there around that time. Would he be? That would be two thousand eight. Yeah. Yeah, he was, because it's just before he got here, right around that time. And that was the team that took down the number one seed, Dallas, right? Well, I just remember that season, and we played Dallas, and we beat Dallas four games in the regular yeah. season by handedly. Yeah. So we'll go in It was a bad playoff. matchup for Dallas. It was a bad matchup for Dallas, because Dallas was a team that needed to slow down the ball, and the We Believe team played so fast. I mean, Baron Davis going up and down the court. You know, that reminded me of a series 10 years earlier, is when the Seattle Supersonics, led by Sean Kemp and Gary Payton, and they had the best record, and they lost their first-round matchup to Dikembe Mutombo and the Denver Nuggets. Such a shocking upset. So they do happen from time to time, and tis the season. It's bowl season. It's bowl season. I love it. Most notably, I just want to you know, give a shout-out to uh, Brian Ward's friend, Eric Weddle's alma mater. Utah State destroyed Northern Texas 52-13 to in the New Mexico Bowl. I was actually, I actually, that's one game I did get to watch. I didn't really watch very many bowl games. I mean, there's a lot of like crazy names. Some of the bowls I don't even understand. <laughs> it's extremely important to play your best in any bowl game because it's it's your championship game. But we got some big, big bowl games coming up too. What's what's some of the key matchups that uh that excite you? For me, it's the Idaho Potato Bowl because yeah. I want to know who's going to get that Idaho potato at the end of this game between Western Michigan and. BYU. I think BYU will. Haven't seen Western Michigan, but they're seven and five in a weaker conference than BYU. BYU played some tough opponents this year, so I'll go with BYU. They won against Wisconsin this year, so I like BYU in that game for sure. Are they going to get a big bag of like Idaho potatoes? Oh, if I th- they win, I think they get potatoes for life. <laughs> the amount of potatoes that they grow in Idaho, they they can supply one bowl win. Per year for life, all those big, big offensive linemen are going to be super excited. They're going to be like, "Yes, I get mashed potatoes, French fries, all that good stuff." Yes, all the time. But I think that'll be a, a be a good one. Um, it's just kind of like, where do you think that this bowl is being played? The Lockhead Martin Armed Forces Bowl. Where is that being played? I would say. Any of the Army, Navy stadiums? Fort Worth, Texas. That's so a perfect pretty, spot. Yeah. pretty on that. But I will tell you, December 29th is when it all kind of starts to kick off. We got the first playoff game with Clemson versus Notre Dame. That'll be a great one. And then we'll see what ends up happening with this Alabama versus... Oklahoma. I think Alabama will win that. You know, just well. to back up on December 27th, one bowl game I'm really you know excited if I can, if I can watch this one. It's going to be in Yankee Stadium in New York. It's the New Era Pinstripe Bowl. Ha, you probably would have nailed that. Yeah. The Pinstripe Bowl. Of course it's going to be played at Yankee Stadium. But it's the uh, Miami Hurricanes versus Wisconsin. So the yeah, you go the U versus yeah, Wisconsin, J.J. Taylor. They should call this the Disappointment Bowl, as they said on ESPN. <laughs> yeah, because they fell short of expectations. You know, they had a high expectation. But you know what? That's why this is going to be such a great game. And that's the beautiful thing. It's like every day, at least if you have one super great game to watch, and it's just going to be one day after another. And I think that's why you like bowl season, because every day there's always, yeah, there's going to be blowouts, but there's going to be a marquee matchup. Then we get an exciting matchup like this where a couple of these teams probably could have been in the playoffs or, or were expected to be right up there in the top 10 and kind of fell short of that. That's why this is going to be a great game. I'm excited for this game. It will probably be pretty good and uh, most of these bowl games are, but you have to, to look at 
who what players are not going to play in bowl season because that's true too that does kind of change things up a bit too and you know especially if they're preparing for the nfl draft or they're, if they're you're recovering from injuries you know no, i get that well to no one to my knowledge in that game is going to be sitting out so that should be a good one uh miami versus wisconsin unless jj taylor decides to sit out but that'll change things up because he is dynamic playmaker and i think he's the best running back in NCAA football currently. Um, I know one game you're eyeing right here, though, on December 29th, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. I love Chick-fil-A. So Chick-fil-A for dinner and then a peach cobbler for dessert. How does that work? Anyway. I, I I don't know. So Florida versus Michigan, noon. Eastern time. I mean, it's going to be really early for us, 9 a.m. on December 29th. That's why I like bowl season. Yeah. I can wake up at Saturday at 9 a.m. Oh, yeah, let's get some. I love being able to drink coffee. But that's going to be a great game, Florida versus Michigan. Sports. Like, the one of the finest things in life is being able to wake up and drink coffee and watch sports. You don't get that too often. If you're on the East Coast, you can't do that because that would be noon. Noon is the earliest. So you'd be eating lunch and it's like, ah, yeah. oh, I like that's being how, able that's to how wake it used up to be. and drink coffee and watch sports. Yeah, it was the 1 o'clock games. That's what I grew up to, 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock. But the beauty was the, the one thing about California could never really got to experience is back in the day when Monday Night Football started at 9 at night, <laughs> you imagine everybody's tailgating. They still tailgate early in the morning all day long, and you get the Monday night. It's it's rated R. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't bring your kids to an NFL game on a Monday oh, I night. Absolutely would not. It's rated R, but it's you know it's a lot of fun and it's just exciting. You know, you're playing football at nine and it gets over with like just after midnight. It's crazy, you know. But I still I prefer the mornings. I like it. You know, start at ten a.m. and like yeah, watch your NFL by one p.m. You you could continue on with your day with your chores and you got a little football out of your system. Yeah. I mean, like, I like being able to wake up and just, like, have sports on all day. And, you know, the, usually the middle of the day you're doing stuff or you have something going on. Someone's like, hey, we need to do this. But at 9 a.m. on a Saturday, very few people are going to be like, hey, let's do this. All right, let's review these December 29 games. So the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, you got Florida and Michigan. I'm going to roll with Michigan. I like Florida in this. I think Michigan pulled this out. I think they've been solid all year. They just couldn't get over Ohio State. I don't know why that is is, but they just couldn't do it. I still have faith in Jim Harbaugh. still think he does a fine job for Michigan. At least he's got them back to relevance. I think they can squeak this one out. It's going to be a good game. It's not going to be a burner or a blowout, but I think it'll be like a, a game in the 30s to 20s, so to speak. I think that it, it depends on who's going to play for Michigan's defense because it's, I mean, Rashard Gary is probably going to be the number two overall draft pick um, behind Nick Bosa is what it's looking like. You he, think you want to play in this bowl game. It's just a last little showcase. But I know sometimes I know. It, it's a double-edged sword because if you get hurt yeah. or something, then, then, then boom, your draft stock just goes down. It's just, it's so hard to be in that position. That, that happened to Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith was going to be a top five draft pick. Yeah. For, he was on Notre Dame two seasons ago, and he played his bowl game, and he tore his MCL and his AC and he was out this past year for the Cowboys. He is now playing at a high level, which is kind of a great comeback story. The Cowboys still picked him with the second round draft pick. I think he's a great NFL player, and and I can understand the case of not playing in these bowl games because ultimately at the end of the day, you're still going to go, whether or not you play or not, you're still going with the team, and you have to think about your future. The second game that day is the Belk Bowl, South Carolina (laughs) versus Virginia. Safe. 
like to say South Carolina. I think the Gamecocks can uh, take that game. Yeah, I, th- I think so. They're, they're pretty well balanced. South throughout. Carolina has been kind of up and down this season. I can see them winning that. And then you got... The Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl. Oh, the no. Oh, if there was in the word Arizona, if I said Nova Home Loans, where would you think that would be? Arizona, definitely. Arkansas State versus Nevada. Arkansas State versus Nevada. Yep. I Nevada Wolfpack. They were good this year. Yep. You got the Military Bowl, Cincinnati versus Virginia Tech. Cincinnati surprisingly had a pretty good season this year. I mean, just a fly under the radar. And I, I think they could take care of Virginia Tech because they're, they're, they're pretty – Stacked. I mean, their quarterback, Desmond Ritter, has been doing really well. So we'll see. It's going to be a good game. That's the beauty about the bowl. Then you got the Hyundai Sun Bowl, Stanford versus Pittsburgh. Boy, what a lineup on New Year's Eve. And then Oregon versus Michigan State in the Red Box Bowl. But, yeah, it's a lot of good bowl games coming up. But got to get to NFL. Yeah. There's, there's so many games that have been on my mind. And let's start with last night's football game, New Orleans Saints at Carolina. I think the Saints. Gutting out a nice road victory. What a weird game it was. The a lot Saints of turnovers. in the with one. I, I can't. I just can't help but like they kind of come away with a victory that they shouldn't have got. I think more of anything, Carolina's defense did an amazing job of holding their him. offense. Dropped the ball because there was a situation where they threw the end zone interception. Yeah, they threw. Yeah, then that's huge. And Eli Apple made a great play on it yes. and everything. But and then and then later in that game where they had a nice play. Uh, I don't know who that rookie receiver was, but he was down almost about the fifteen yard line. Fumbled the ball and it was a big play. It was like a thirty yard reception and then he fumbled it and this. Saints got it back, so that would have been another red zone opportunity for the Carolina Panthers lost. They, uh, it's hard for me to say that the Saints won the game outright. I think Carolina Their defense won them the game. Well, yeah, of course. It's hard to judge a team because this is their division, and they know each other so well. I mean, they had Luke Keekley mic'd up, and he already knew. He goes, I know what play they're going to run. You just go here, you go there, and he just kept making play after play after well, play. Luke Keekley is a very smart linebacker. I don't exactly. think very many linebackers are going to be but it's also that. their division, so they really know the New Orleans Saints better than anybody else in the rest of the league, if you know what I mean. Because they play each other two times a year, so and they're going to play them in two weeks. It may not be for anything. If New Orleans can get things wrapped up next week against Pittsburgh, that will secure the number one seed throughout the playoffs. What a weird game, because when uh, New Orleans scored the touchdown, they went up 12-7. They go for a two-point conversion. It gets picked off and run all the way back and made it 12-9. That was like that was odd, because New Orleans could have been up 14-7, and at one point they could have at least made it 17-7 then they turned the ball back over it was a weird game of turnovers and great defensive play just a little disappointing on offense but at the end of the day new orleans battle tested got a tough win on the road 12-9 and looking scary those saints they're looking like a, a perennial Super Bowl contender. Well, I think they, that last game that they played kind of locked up home field advantage for them. They still got to win one more. You know, they got to play Pittsburgh at home, and then they got Carolina at home. But then again, they're at home, ladies and gentlemen, the Superdome, where their defense plays even better. They're faster. And the offense, oh, goodness, the offense will wake up. Well, I mean, that's what I was kind of alluding to the previous weeks is they have not been scoring the way that the normal scoring has gone for the Saints. And that's that could be attributed to a few different factors. Is Being on the road? Could be. I, I just, they had that three-game road stretch at Dallas, at Tampa Bay, then at Carolina. I just think that they're relying very heavily on Michael Thomas, and when you're able to double him and you force out these other guys to get the ball, um, it's starting to work out. 
better than it did on that Thanksgiving game where they absolutely torched Atlanta. They stayed patient with the running game and it paid off. You know, Ingram and Kamara, it's a tough duo to stop. I think Kamara over anything, it's just such a great one-two punch is yes. because you have the, you got the physical back and then you got the speed back. And I think Kamara last night was unbelievable. Kind of concerned with how many points that they're scoring, and that's kind of good news for the Rams. Because I, I think that you're starting to see trends in their offense becoming more... It's tough to judge a team just by, you know, just the most recent games because essentially this is the dog days of NFL, I guess, you know, this time of year. They're tough wins, especially being on the road. The Saints were on the road for three straight weeks, two against, you know, formidable divisional opponents. Doesn't matter what the records are. They're always going to play you tough. And then at Dallas, Dallas just played a great game, slowed down the Saints, but now they're back in the Superdome. It's a whole different ball game. They're going to be in that dome pretty much for the rest of the year, it seems like yeah that's why i'm saying that they're gonna win out but i mean at the same time going into the playoffs this will be the big week where we see for the saints and we we've been kind of going back and forth about it but i just don't think i've been having trouble seeing that their offense growing over time we've kind of seen it hit its peak very early on and then kind of go from there whereas on the other side sean mcveigh keeps doing these things on offense that no coach is thinking of and you're kind of thinking oh he's gonna make the gambles and he pays off with the right kind of placement with these plays and I would say in the very if I were to pick a coach right now I'd pick Sean McVay over Sean Payton I go out there and say it right now he's younger he's a brilliant mind I think both of them are very excellent coaches but between the two Sean's I'd have either or but yes I I really like coach Sean McVay and we're blessed to have him as the Los Angeles Rams head coach even though they've struggled the last couple of weeks but you know all good teams go through stretches i mean look i mean the saints went through their little three-game stretch but i'm telling you the saints are going to be a whole different team in the superdome matt and you'll see that offense exploding again and you'll be like oh wow okay that's a tough place to play you haven't seen it last three weeks because we're in the dog days of uh, nfl football but i guarantee you when they get back home in the superdome they play fast they play hard and i'm telling you what they got the d to slow down their opponents even the d plays better at home it's just the superdome is a rocking environment and that is definitely Definitely their 12th man. <laughs> I'm not saying they're not capable of it. No, I'm not saying that. I, no. The last three weeks. And I think the Rams, yeah. if they played in the Superdome, that's one of those teams that could beat them because. Sure they can. Yeah, I don't know. I think the Rams. The Rams just got to get back on track. Some of the mistakes from two weeks ago against Chicago, that's just uncharacteristic for that team. And then last week, you know, or just this past Sunday, I mean, losing to it. I know Philadelphia is desperate and they have to play hard to get just to get back into the postseason. They're hanging on the edge there. But to let the Eagles beat you at home, that was a that was tough to watch. You want to know something? Nick Foles is an amazing quarterback. He is. And that kind of showed it. And and you want to know what happened in that game? We did very struggled in the very beginning was. And not having Todd Gurley at 100% was a huge factor. The in offensive line games. was was very challenged, you know, with the L.A. Rams. They, they well, really got challenged that, in this past game. We forget that that defensive line, we sat all last year and we're like, oh, these are amazing. They're all that. And they showed why they should still be in the conversation. And we've slept on them this entire season. Their defensive line, they still have Fletcher Cox. And, you know, he's one a Pro Bowl defensive lineman. And they still have all these really great guys. So why are we sleeping on this Eagles defensive line? And they showed why you shouldn't be and I think Jared Goff wasn't very comfortable until the end of the game and you want to know something and they still had a chance they to win that had game a chance to win and, and, and then and that so, fumble oh well yeah and that killed it because they're they're uh, down 30 to 23 and, and got the ball back and then that fumble and that yeah. sealed the deal 
it's like Coach McVay says, they got to figure things out fast. They will get their confidence back up. And it's not going to be any easy going to Arizona. I know Arizona's not having a good year at all. It's a division opponent, and they got to get that win. And then I believe they close out at home against the 49ers. So hopefully they can take care of the 49ers. At least try to lock up that second seed. Because the problem with the Rams is if they lose one more game and the Bears went out, now they're, you're talking, now there is no bye week. They have to play the let me just, wild card weekend. Let me just preface this, that the more important thing is having number 30 100% healthy going into the Precisely. Playoffs. I could care less if they lose to Arizona and San Francisco. Rather than having the best running back in the NFL at 100%, who's a big man to tackle, that's what matters more to me right now. And I think you had some banged up injuries on the, the wide receiver got hurt, uh, Cooper Cup, and I think we've... Yeah, that's another, I know, that's another challenge. Because so. he is so integral in the passing game. You well, know, Cooper Cup, he really makes it makes it work. So, yes, it's, it, it's, it's not tough. the fact that he's in... I think we saw Josh Reynolds step up to and fill his spot. So you know, Josh Reynolds has definitely been playing well, but what Cooper Cup has done, he's definitely elevated that position. And that, without him, that explosiveness and just that canny to get open and being that great slot receiver, Josh Reynolds has definitely stepped it up. But it's more just to that. It's also some of the mistakes that quarterback Jared Goff has made and you know look at that tape and just get better and, and you got to get that win against Arizona because you want to get playing good going into the playoffs you want to use these last two games to figure out some of those mistakes and get good because if they drop the last two games you're talking like oh they're 11 and 5 now they're gonna have to go on the road for the last two playoff games when the Eagles lost Carson Wentz did they kind of like skip a different beat? it's 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 a different scenario that, that's my point is the next man up kind of situation we don't have Cooper Cup and we can't dwell it doesn't on that always either. work out that way it's worked out you know especially with a quarterback going down and the other quarterback filling in it, that that very rarely happens but well, it, it does we're not at the quarterback position no. too I understand but the similarities is it's the next man up mentality and that's something that Sean McVay has preached since oh absolutely game. Cooper Cup definitely played the slot receiver really well this year I mean you can attest to that yeah and, and, and losing that, it definitely changes things a little bit. But yes, Josh Reynolds has stepped up, but he's, he's not, not Cooper a, Cup. He's not a slot receiver, though. That's the thing. Yeah. It's like you can't put Josh Reynolds in the slot. You have to put him on the outside, and you're, you're going to have to shift Robert Woods. Well, they do. They, they, the they actually, they sh- everybody shifts. Everybody's been shifting well, yeah, around. They, yeah. like the even, even Brandon Cook sometimes you know runs in a slot. I love that. That's the thing. That's what's so crafty about Sean McVay is that he does everything. That's the traditional XYZ receivers. You know, you have one slot receiver being the Y. And then the X and the the Z are on the outside. So that's, that kind of like shows, you know, that he is very innovative. But to me, I could care less about the flow at the end of the season and stuff like that. What matters is Todd Gurley being healthy. That's the most important thing. Well, he will right be. Now. He'll be healthy for the postseason. Hamstring injury. Hamstrings are not something to take no. lightly. Sit him these next two games. Malcolm Brown is is if and my man John Kelly needs to get out there. Out. That's the secret weapon right there, John Kelly. I still think the Rams <laughs> can beat them if they put in these different running. Oh, backs. absolutely. So and and, and and also too that that'll help build team adversity. In case one of your guys does go down in a playoff game, then these guys will be ready. Like you said, next man up, but give them a little live game practice. You have to go into the playoffs healthy. It doesn't matter about seeding. Like for me, no, I, I get what you're saying. And you're you're saying is you don't want to have to play New Orleans in New Orleans. 
Orleans. Well, that's probably going to happen. But you don't want to have you want to have to go back to Chicago. Chicago, the last few games, like they are playing amazing football right now. And right now, we have a one game advantage over Chicago, and we have a favorites in the schedule. What does Chicago have? That's what we need to be asking. Is like we gotta be gotta be playing the matchup game because if Chicago's playing like the Patriots, which I don't think they are, but if they're playing a nah. tough team, they, they're, they, they're most likely playing the rest of the division. They just beat Green Bay. They probably got Detroit. So this next week, they got the 49ers and then they got the Vikings. So, so, the, the, so the last game well, of the, the season. The last game of the season, yes. that's the one because the Vikings could make potentially make the playoffs if they win against Chicago. And Chicago is probably going to be resting their starters because they want them healthy for the playoffs. So I got a fantastic fact for you. Getting back to the head coaches combination, Coach Payton and Breeze became the second all-time winning pair. They've won 117 games together, and they just passed Don Shula and Dan Marino. And guess who's leading that pack? Come on. Joe you, Montana. Bill no. Walsh. They're playing what? now. Tom, oh, Tom Brady, Brady and Bill Belichick. Sorry. 205. Sorry for being a 49ers <laughs> fan. 205. Oh, the, wow. the Montana and Rice are on down the line there. But, yes, 205 wins. That's pretty impressive. Despite they've dropped two games in a row. I know we spent a lot of time on the Rams, but I get what you're saying. You want them healthy into the postseason. I agree. And I'm just saying is like they need at least get one more win, if not two. Just so, just 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 to be playing better because the last couple of games, all good teams go through spouts where they just don't play well. Get back to playing what got them there. And so they can take that momentum and roll into the postseason. That's all I'm saying. Let's let's be real. Todd Gurley scored the majority of touchdowns for this team. That is your rhythm right there. If Todd Gurley is in a rhythm against the Bears and in this last game, and I want, yeah, but I agree with you. Back in a rhythm, but I agree with you. You know, even having him rested up for the last couple of games and get these other running backs going. You want to know something? Because I like to see a one-two punch with Todd Gurley. I'll say this: I'll go out and say that the the tougher of the two teams is the 49ers that they have to play right, and both the Rams and the Bears have to play the 49ers. I'll go out and say in in Levi Stadium, the 49ers have a chance to win a game. And they play the Bears in Levi Stadium. And Nick Mullins is not a bad quarterback. And yeah, this- but he's got to go against a, a top defense in the Chicago Bears. That's fine. Yeah. They, they, well. I mean, you have to play tough teams, right? The Niners won't beat the Chicago Bears. This past weekend, you, I'm saying they could. Of course. It's NFL any given Sunday, but I say probability, the Bears are going to win. But it, when you look at it, the probability of the Rams winning the last two games is what? But we're leaving out what's exciting, uh, what's what's coming up, because you got, okay, we kind of know what's going on with the top four seats. Is Dallas going to hang on to the four seed? Because you got Philadelphia now that just upset the Rams at 7-7. Seven seven. You got Washington at 7-7. Seven seven. What is Dallas's record? 8-6. and six. Now, what they have Dallas's a good they, last schedule. They have a good division record. That's a good thing. This is what I'm saying. That's, that's what's making for a really nice close to NFL season because this is the stretch run right here. I think you got to look at the schedule game for that, you know, because the schedule game from here on out is what's going to matter because if you're playing, like, for example, the Vikings are playing the Lions. Lions at 5-9. and nine. I just, you know, Vikings haven't been the normal Vikings that we've saw, but this past game that they had, um, I mean, they ended up winning pretty handedly against the Dolphins and I think it's because of the new offensive coordinator. And scoring 41 points is no joke. So Philadelphia's got a tough road. They got to play Houston at home and then they got to go to Washington. Who does Dallas play? Dallas plays the Buccaneers this week and right. then the next week they have to play Redskins. 
Yeah, I mean, the Redskins is a division. No, the Eagles have to play the Redskins. The Cowboys have to play the Giants. Okay. So, so the Giants could play spoiler. <laughs> yeah, but... Dallas I, owns a 4-1 divisional record. Dallas Dallas sits in the driver's so, seat. So if they win against the Giants, they'll clinch the division 9-7, and seven, despite if those two teams finish 9-7, and seven, which wouldn't happen because... We've been saying this entire NFL, it's early. This so, is still early. Like, this is still early. The playoffs have not been set. And it's all about who's going to be in a wild card. So Minnesota's barely hanging on at 7-6-1. and one. You got... Philadelphia or Washington could get a wild card spot too. I highly doubt Washington gets a but wild card. But switch it over spot. to AFC. We got a lot of good things going on. Obviously, the Chiefs have the the best record, and they have the tiebreaker over the Chargers. But that can change because the Chargers, if they win out and the Chiefs lose one of their games, but Chiefs have to play the Seattle in Seattle. Yeah, they're playing at Seattle on Sunday Night Football, and Seattle just came off a disappointing loss. So Seattle definitely needs to win because they're on the. Eight and six, they hold the fifth seed, but they can easily drop to eight and eight and be out of this whole playoff picture. So they gotta win. That's gonna be a an interesting game. Texans hold the second seed at ten and four. Patriots are nine and five, have lost two in a row, but I think they can get back on track and they'll probably finish eleven and five. You know the Patriots. You can never sleep on that team. Just because they're not playing well on the road, they haven't played well on the road in a while. I still don't count them out. Steelers are at the fourth seed at eight, five, and one, and then you got the Ravens at eight and six. But knocking on the door, you got the Colts and Titans, and they play each other in the last game of the year. So that'll probably determine who's the yeah. wild card, right? Well, that that probably will if the but if the Ravens win out, they hold the tiebreaker over those two teams. I just for me right <laughs> now, this is way too much complicated. There's like. The but Browns, that's, that's, but the that's what makes still technically yeah, have a chance. They're, they're they're alive. They're barely hanging on, but they're Same alive. Same with like Here, last week, Green Bay was still alive. Think like, about the Browns since uh, the, the firing of Todd Haley and Hugh Jackson. They are now four and two. I mean, like there's some teams that are just hanging around, just to hang around, be in the conversation. There's a lot of exciting games coming up. Well, ladies and gentlemen, next week we have our uh, Christmas tradition. Steph Mafia will be in here. Uh, we'll be talking Lakers basketball. We'll be talking opening of NBA season. I'll be headed back to the land of my birth. So, Matt, you enjoy your Christmas up north. I know you're going to have a great time, and, you know, I'll see you back in the new year. I'll be listening. Hold it down, Steph. And then until then, this is Sports Matters, and you can reach us on uh, KUCI.org. Click on TuneIn. You can catch all the latest podcasts there, or you just click on our Sports Matters name, and it'll take you right to our SoundCloud, and I have the most recent podcasts and some of our best stuff, too. So check that out. Until then, all sports matters.